Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota. I'm loaded for bear. I've been loaded for bear since about 1130 Saturday morning. i got to be honest with you, Jackson. And Jackson wants to give you Nuggets takes. I do, but I'll hold off. Till you and Rocky will sit at 5 o'clock in a private studio and do a podcast that isn't being recorded. Yeah, or I'll just lock you out of the studio and I'll just give the takes myself. And take it over. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Maybe I'll just do a real lengthy sports hour update about it. <sighs> so that's coming your way at 10.30. At 10.15, Joe Posnanski wrote about the Cardinals and the Yankees uh, in a column uh, making an observation of this thing is off the rails essentially, which I get the sense many of you share uh, the opinion that I have. On said topic, he is going to be with us at 10.15, and uh, this is a weekend that, Jackson, let's take some time and talk about it. Let's take some time and talk about it. Are you ready to talk about it? Let's do it. All right. On Friday on this program, I assume you're calling up the audio of my Predictionary? Uh, No, I I haven't. I haven't filed. Would you like to read what the prediction was for the Predictionary? My first Predictionary, I believe, of 2023. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you from Ledoux High School. Jackson Burkett. Yes, sir. Class of 2016. So uh, if the Cardinals lose two of three to Detroit and one of them being on Sunday, there will be some major shakeups to the organization. That's correct. I didn't know what it would be, but I said, you got to include the Sunday one. And obviously, they wound up winning yesterday. Paul Goldschmidt, three home runs. How do you do? But the Sunday one would have the carryover effect of, okay, you just had a, at that point, we would have known it would have been a one and five at, at best or 0 oh and six homestand. And somebody, I believe, would have lost their job. Somebody would have been traded. Something significant would have happened. As it turned out, they didn't lose on Sunday. But as it turned out, the loss on Friday was enough. Never, and I mean never. Did I expect what took place on Saturday morning? I have been a fan of this team since August of 1982, watching or listening to their games damn near every day since 1982. And I have covered this team for radio or television going back to 1998. You will be hard-pressed to present to me a move that surprises me more than what took place over the weekend with Wilson Contreras. You will also be hard-pressed to present to me a move that conveys more organizational dysfunction than what took place over the last 48 hours with the Wilson Contreras situation. Allow me to explain. Number one, this is the root of the problem. The Cardinals, as documented in detail this morning by Ken Rosenthal on TheAthletic.com, and I would highly recommend going and reading this column, but we talked about it on this show quite often, as a matter of fact. The Cardinals' primary goal this offseason for catcher was who, Jackson? Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy. The Cardinals, for whatever reason 
pivoted off of Sean Murphy and then decided to go wading into the free agent pool. Wilson Contreras became their target. As we talked about on the show, number one, I wasn't high on Wilson Contreras. I think there are a lot of people now say it's kind of like Woodstock. Well, I was there, but you weren't. I was there. We have audio proof of it. But it's not like I'm anti-Wilson Contreras. I was anti the Cardinals allocating free agent dollars, which needed to be spent elsewhere, for a guy who didn't spend a whole lot of time catching last year relative to the amount of time that Yadier Molina had been spent catching for the Cardinals over the previous 18 seasons. That was my source of concern. And if they spent the money on Wilson Contreras, then they may not spend money elsewhere, and we saw how it played out. I also didn't think that the Cardinals needed to give him five years. The initial talk was three years, and would a team be willing to go to four? Well, no. No team went to four. One team went to five. The Cardinals have Wilson Contreras. And I said, I think it'll be good in the first couple of years, but I worry about how that deal is going to age in the back three years. Well, I was wrong about that because it lasted 33 games. Sweet mother of mercy. Now, Ken Rosenthal details that which was reported by the Post-Dispatch and what was reported by Ken Rosenthal himself regarding the Cardinals and the Oakland A's and Sean Murphy. For Murphy, the A's asked the Cardinals for outfielder Lars Newtbar, Gold Glove winner Brendan Donovan, and a power young pitcher like Gordon Graceffo, according to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Rosenthal says, I later reported the A's wanted Newtbar or Donovan plus Graceffo. The Cardinals were unwilling to trade any of those players and instead wanted the A's to choose two from a group of four consisting of Dylan Carlson, Nolan Gorman, Alec Burleson, and first baseman slash outfielder Juan Yepes. Uh, as it turned out, that wasn't enough for the A's, and the A's did a deal with the Braves. Uh, and uh, that was a three-way trade. Sean Murphy, for the record, Jackson now plays catcher. He has not been moved to outfield mm-hmm. or designated hitter. Not yet, by the way. Thank you. And he is leading the National League in OPS. Hello again, everybody. Smarts. The reason that I wanted Sean Murphy wasn't just about the Cardinals having free agent dollar capital. It was also because he had three years of control. In addition to the negatives of Contreras on a five-year deal was the fact that the Cardinals would be giving up a draft pick and $500,000 from the international pool. So there were multiple reasons why. And I have been wrong probably about more things than I've been right about. But on this one, I figured I would be right. Wasn't really worried about it. Felt the same way about the morning after the Dexter Fowler signing. How many people would like to acknowledge they liked that in the moment? How many people would like to acknowledge they liked Wilson Contreras? Well, I can tell you, because I go to Twitter and I ask people in the moment, because I don't do results-oriented and I don't kink shame. Those are my tenets. And I'm pro-liberty. Jackson shares two of them. He is not for liberty. He does not kink shame, though. And people were giving the Wilson Contreras signing like a 95% approval rating and the Dexter Fowler thing a 90% approval rating. But both were the byproducts of two errors on the part of the Cardinals front office in 2016 the Cardinals wanted Adam Eaton that's who they wanted just like in 2022 the Cardinals wanted Sean Murphy but because the price was too high as dictated by the Cardinals for Adam Eaton they wound up going to watch him pass and then they panicked and signed a former Cub to a deal that he didn't really want to come and play for the Cardinals. He wanted to go to the Giants or the Blue Jays, but the Giants and Blue Jays weren't willing to give the fourth year. And so the Cardinals did, and then he came to St. Louis. He would have preferred to live in San Francisco or Toronto. Why? You'll have to ask Jackson, because I will take St. Louis over San Francisco, California, and Toronto any day of the week. And that's because 
I love America. Right. And the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, you know me. Anti-liberty, anti-Midwest. Pro-Northeast, pro-West Coast, it seems to me. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And if you don't like that, you know. I, Text I, in is what you say. Couldn't be sorrier, but, you know, the truth is the truth. There it is. So Dexter Fowler gets overpaid. He comes to St. Louis. My verdict on that was that it didn't work well. If you dissent, 314-399-9646. Six years later, the Cardinals don't get who they want via trade because, once again, quote-unquote, it's too costly. And so then they overpay a former Cub who didn't really plan on coming here. But then when they overpaid, he goes, well, I guess I got to come here. And then 33 games in, he shows up to the ballpark Saturday morning. There's a third string catcher. He goes, what's he doing here? It's good to see him. Oh, he's now the catcher. That's because you'll be in the outfield. Excuse me? I've only played 29 games in the outfield in my rookie year and then six games since. Don't worry about it. You'll be in the outfield now. And we think it'll be fun to watch a softball team in the outfield play defense with Alec Burleson and you in the corner spot. We're going to treat our fans to the Marcelo Zuna tour of standing on the wall while a ball bounces 10 feet in front of us. We think it'll entertain them like a bobblehead. That's what was said in the Cardinal Clubhouse on mm-hmm. Saturday. Did you know that? Yeah, and no, I didn't, but now I've been... I'm, yeah, it's I'm a briefed. transcript. It's a yeah. transcript. And I appreciate it. Then, on Sunday, John Mazelak calls Katie Wu and, and Ken Rosenthal and says, well, I know we talked about him playing in the outfield, but he's not going to be playing in the outfield. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> he's going to play catcher. We just need to work on his preparation. As Ken Rosenthal details in his column, it was well known in baseball that Contreras's defensive issues were a liability for the Cubs, which is one of the reasons why they kind of hid him off and not had him play catcher as much as you would think a guy who had just signed a five-year deal to be catcher would be playing. Tip of the cap to the Cubs, something that we have to say here in St. Louis right now. And then in addition to that, the Cardinals pulling the plug on Wilson Contreras, what that will mean for future free agents who think they're coming to the Cardinals and then find out a month and a half in that, oh, we might be changing our mind, you might be de-aging. Buster Olney, who is going to join us on the program tomorrow. I was texting with Buster after these tweets on Saturday afternoon. Number one, only wrote, the Cubs' handling of Contreras vindicated by this decision. They carefully protected his value last season, effectively swapped him for draft capital, and passed on a reunion. And then he went on to say, it's difficult to overstate the impact of a shift of Contreras to a primary outfield-slash-DH role. If that's where the Cardinals land, prospects will be blocked, big dollars will be tied up, lineup flexibility will be sacrificed. I want to restate that. And that's why this is bigger than 2023. It's difficult to overstate the impact of a shift of Contreras to a primary outfield slash DH role. If that's where the Cardinals land, prospects will be blocked, big dollars will be tied up, and lineup flexibility will be sacrificed. That is the state of the union. And the state of the union goes well beyond 2023. The man is still owed approximately $82 million. And he is, at the moment, a DH because the pitching staff and the coaching staff doesn't trust him, in particular with how he prepares. If you want to read between the lines, that's what it is. And then secondarily, they're pissed at the way things have gone with two strikes. If we want to be blunt, nobody's going to say that. They're going to say it's not all his fault. That's fine. But he was just signed as the top priority of the offseason, which was catcher. And now he is the DH. This 
is a dumpster fire. Your thoughts, 314-399-9646. Joe Posnanski certainly has his, and he wrote his column about the Cardinals being a dumpster fire before Saturday. We're going to talk it over with him next here. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and on Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mung and Ass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan and Action Jackson with you with, uh, oh, Jackson, I'd say about 44 minutes left in the program. Mm-hmm. A program that will be 100% Cardinals all the time. Hey, Mother's Day is coming up this Sunday. If you would like a perfect gift for mom and take care of Mother's Day shopping in a matter of moments, go to mysoundstory.com. Sound Story is a one-hour interview. I do it. Randy Carricker does it. Doug Vaughn does it. Learn Riz, Courtney Landrum, John Hewlett comes into the building and does them. You get 20% off with the gift card by using promo code ESPN, uh, mysoundstory.com, a perfect gift for Mother's Day. It is our pleasure to welcome to the program here on 101 ESPN. And you can read him at joeposnanski.substack.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Posnanski. Joe, good morning. Good morning. I really enjoyed your column on Friday, and then all hell broke loose on Saturday, so we've got a lot to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with what you wrote on Friday. You were making the observation that for, at least in the first time forever, and you didn't want anybody to to contact you and tell you otherwise, that the Cardinals and Yankees were uh, both in last place at the same time. And as we talk here on Monday, May 8th, 2023, they both are still in last place. But you kind of compared and contrasted the set of circumstances for both organizations. So for our listeners who haven't had a chance to read that, let's uh, circle back to how you were comparing and contrasting the Cardinals and Yankees set of circumstances as to how they are currently in last place in early May. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's not really a direct comparison. The Yankees are... Still, even as of today, they're still a game over 500 and, and playing okay, and they're dealing with injuries and waiting for Aaron Judge to come back, which I guess he will be uh, tomorrow. And uh, so that that's a, that's sort of a, just a, an interesting moment. Uh, but obviously, you know, when I wrote that on Friday, I wrote about them again today uh, since things did blow up. But uh, yeah, it was clear that 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 what was happening and what is happening in St. Louis is, is a complete anomaly from anything that we've seen with the Cardinals in many, many decades. It's not only, you know, that they've gotten off to this horrible start and are 11 and 24 and in last place and all of those sorts of things, but, you know, drama galore everywhere you look. I mean, that's sort of the whole thing about the Cardinals is that, is that they're, you know they're drama free, right? They they they, they keep things in house, and and everybody's happy to play there, and everybody comes in to play for for the fans, and so on and so on and so on. And and you look everywhere you look, it's like it's like you know dumpster fires everywhere in 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 St. Louis with the Cardinals, and it's it's very very weird and very strange. So it's it's not really an apples to apples comparison with what's happening in New York by any stretch. It's. Uh, the Yankees will probably find the Cardinals. Uh, wow, it's an open it's an open uh, guess right now what they're going to be. The the situation on Saturday morning, uh, Joe, was one that 
I could not have foreseen coming. I thought that if they lost two of three to the Tigers on the heels of of losing three straight to the Dodgers and three straight to the Angels, that you would experience some kind of change, perhaps a trade, player being sent down, or maybe a, a shakeup on the staff or front office. But I never saw what happened with Wilson Contreras coming 33 games into the season at the time of the move. And then secondarily, uh, that John Mazzella comes out on Sunday and says, oh, he's not going to play the outfield. So now you have uh, a different message than the one that the organization and Ali Marmol stated on Saturday. The Contreras signing was the signature move of the Cardinal offseason. It's the biggest amount of dollars they've given to a, a free agent. And 33 games in, they are changing positions because of complaints of preparation and how he is managing the pitching staff and what that means, not just in the short term, but in the long term. What was your reaction to it in the moment? And what are your thoughts on it now, 48 hours removed? Uh, I think my reaction to it is exactly your reaction. I was shocked uh, and stupefied by it uh, for for any number of reasons. I mean, one again, like like we said, I mean, this is just so uncardinals like for for something like this to to blow up the way that it's blown up. But I think from a pure baseball perspective, it's it's stunning that. You know, not only did they give him the most money that you know they've given, not only was he their their big signing in the off season. I mean, it was a very very public move, right? Because he's replacing Yadier Molina, so everybody was going to be watching. There there was never a question that there could not possibly have been a single meeting held uh, in the Cardinals front office before that signing where people didn't ask, okay, how is Wilson Contreras going to handle replacing a legend? Uh, He's not a great defensive catcher. Uh, I don't think anybody thought he was a terrible one, but I think people thought, you know, he's not a great defensive catcher. He's not, he doesn't handle pitchers the way Yachty did. Uh, There's going to be an adjustment here. How is he going to handle that? How are we going to handle that? What is the plan? I mean, you don't make a signing like that without having, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C, and then 33 games into the season, it's clear they didn't have any plans. Yeah. I mean, that, they, that for them to just give up on him as a catcher and, and just in a humiliating way. I mean, and I think, you know, that I don't know how much has been made of it there. Uh, I think him coming out and, and saying that he had talked to Yadier Molina and Molina had basically said the pitchers are, are not executing. I wonder if that embarrassed some pitchers and 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 that had something to do with this uh it's 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 dreadful and it's a dreadful baseball decision because you know Wilson Contreras is a very very good hitting catcher that doesn't make him a particularly good hitting DH I mean he's he's not that good a hitter he's a good hitter uh as a catcher he's a great hitter but as a regular guy that you're just going to play in the lineup every day uh, he's not that good a hitter, and 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 you know there there's a there's plenty of of, of data that shows that people uh, who are position players uh, when they become a DH they stop hitting as well, and uh, you know he's obviously very upset and very angry, and and you can't blame him. Uh, this is just a disastrous move, and I don't understand it at 
all. I mean, even a little bit. Uh, well, we sh- we share that because I am I'm confused by it. I never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. And to take it beyond 2023, Wilson Contreras is under contract in 24. 25, 26, and 27. And so that means now the Cardinals will have a bat in there that they may trust him behind the plate, but he isn't one that is going to necessarily scare opponents in Kisner. Contreras, as you made reference to, great hitting catcher, not necessarily great hitting DH. And the Cardinals had just made a move here within the last couple of weeks that had already surprised a large portion of the fan base by moving Jordan Walker, their top prospect, back down to Memphis because of these log jams that they had in the outfield. Well, now you have a log jam at DH with Nolan Gorman, who had been their best hitter. And then that means that if Gorman can't DH, then now you got a log jam at middle infield. And again, when I talk about a log jam, you just have a bunch of guys because none of these guys are necessarily killing it for the Cardinals at the moment. So you have disarray in the short term and also in the long term. And that is also something that is really unfamiliar for Cardinal fans locally. And I would imagine baseball observers nationally, Joe. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's, it's, it's like I say, it's, it's stupefying. I just, you know, it's, if you honestly wanted to come up with the most disastrous kind of move you could make, it would be the big time catcher that we just signed we're gonna he can't he's not gonna catch anymore so we're going to basically put a no bat in that in that spot which is exactly what they're gonna have to do they're, they they don't have a guy who can hit who can catch as well so you're putting a no bat in that spot you're moving him to designated hitter where he's going to be taking up a spot that nolan gorman at least early on has shown he would be significantly better as a as a designated hitter uh now you're going to have to try to put Gorman at second base, or, or, or I guess, which is he's he's not he's not necessarily known as a particularly good defensive second baseman. So you're hurting defense in other places. I, it's I don't understand it. I just don't understand, and it 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 smells dramatically of panic, and and that to me is what's so shocking about it. I mean, you, your point is 100 percent right. They they were going to have to do something. It's clear we're getting to a point where the fans' frustration and the team's frustration is getting to a point where something's got to happen. And they've already made a big move by sending, uh, you know, their top prospect to the minor leagues, which was stunning. It's not like I mean he was he was struggling just a little bit toward the end there, but I mean he got off to the super hot start, and that didn't make any sense at all. And and you know they showed no faith in him, and and. You know, so then you're like, and you've got a manager who's on the hot seat. So it's like, are are you going to make him, you know, come up with a, a new bench coach? Are you going to try to try to put him on the? I, I, it's you you put yourself in a terrible situation, and then I think you made absolute weirdest move of all. And I I I've heard from many Cardinals fans uh, just about not just frustration, but exactly what you're saying. It's like I don't. I don't even get it. I don't even get what they're holding. What's the best case scenario here? What's what's the best hope that that's gonna that that's gonna come out of a move like this? Maybe what your pitchers are gonna start pitching better because they're they're thrown to a different guy. Maybe I mean is that the is that the 
is that the big play here? It just it just doesn't make any sense at well, all. So then that gets me to this, because because the way you wrapped up your column on Friday, the one that was on Cinco de Mayo, and again, people can read Joe at joeposnansky.substack.com, major recommendation. Uh, and he also has a, a book coming out uh, for Cardinal fans. This will be wonderful coming up, Why We Love Baseball, that's coming out. Uh, so he's a baseball guy through and through, longtime Kansas City star writer. Uh, for those not familiar, and you said, and I like the way that you said this, and no, I'm not saying Marmol is doing a poor job. I can't know that any more than I could know if he did a good job last year. What I do know is that the Cardinals, and this was at the time, were 10-22, and 22, worst record in the National League, and they were expected by most to win the division, and it won't be long at all before someone in the Cardinal organization wonders if maybe a managerial change could shake things up. And so certainly that has been discussed. It was discussed before the Contreras development on Saturday, and then John Mazelak refuting that statement on Saturday from Marmol. But the, the, the bigger issue that many people in St. Louis would tell you going into the season, Joe, is that the Cardinals may have a good order if some of these batting order, if these guys can hit like they did last year, and if Walker can, can reach the expectations that his early spring training performance did. But everyone, and I think this was around baseball, not just in St. Louis, knew that the Cardinal rotation had question marks. And so what I would point to is roster construction. And so that, certainly Marmol can take blame, but that then goes beyond the manager's office into the front office. But I just don't know if anybody in the front office, such as John Mazalock or Michael Gersh, would ever actually be penalized. We haven't seen Bill DeWitt make a move like that since terminating Walt Jockety. And that wasn't because of the job Jockety had done. It was because of Jockety not wanting to, to move more to an analytics-based system a year after winning the World Series in 2006. So Bill DeWitt has not been in this spot as the owner of the Cardinals since he took over in 1996. So in St. Louis, we don't really know what to compare it to and what to expect. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's I think that's right. And and yes, I mean I don't I don't think you can blame it. Here's here's one at least one way you can look at it. Everybody did know that this Cardinals rotation uh, was was sort of. They needed some things to go right. They needed some people to, you know, they, uh, you know, Miles Miklas to, to come back. They need Stephen Matz to, to pitch well. They needed Jack Flaherty to, to sort of come back. I mean, they, they needed quite a few things. They needed Adam Wainwright to be healthy. There were there were a bunch of things that needed to happen, and it was they were putting a tremendous amount uh, at stake with this rotation because I do think, I mean, when you have two of the best players in all of baseball in the middle of your lineup, you would expect that you're going to score some runs. And, and so, so that was the big hope. And you wonder, and this is one way I think to look at this, is this move basically a it-wasn't-my-fault type of move by the front office to say that, oh, it's not that our pitching staff is, is a real problem. It's that, you know, they're, they're, they're just not happy throwing to Contreras. He's, he's, not, he's not helping them. We need a catcher. If we get a catcher that's playing great defensively, we'll be fine. It's, it feels to me like a don't-look-my-way kind of move. And, mm. and, you know, whether that's, whether that's Oliver Marmol's uh, issue as well, I don't know. But what, what you tend to see with bad teams and teams that are really struggling is – Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to eat it, right? Nobody wants to eat the the, the blame for for what's happening. And uh, you know, this is the kind of move that feels like, hey, we're going to scapegoat Wilson Contreras, and and I just, I just, 
I don't get it, and and I don't think it's going to work. I think it's it's only going to make things worse. Yeah, I mean, you're into month one of, if we're going to call a baseball season, six months, month one of 30 where you're under contract yeah. with him, and here we go. I mean, what a what a moment uh, here in in recent Cardinal history, and honestly, in my lifetime as a as a Cardinal fan and, and talk show host and television reporter, I've never seen anything like what we've seen here over the last few days. Read more from Joe. He is always on top of it at JoePosnansky.substack.com. And again, the book is called Why We Love Baseball. And uh, Joe, what what can our audience expect from from that book? By the way, I wanted to let people know oh, about this. I mean, and, you know, obviously I'm going to say it as the writer, but it is so much fun. It's coming out September 5th. I literally just finished uh, sort of the final, final, final copy edit. You, you get these uh, what's called first pass pages where you get to look at the book as it is going to be uh, designed and uh, sort of find the last typos and sort of thing. And uh, and rereading it, it's it's a countdown of the greatest moments in baseball history. And there are there are Cardinals moments as you will imagine and uh and also some moments revolving cardinals players that uh that uh, i think people are really going to love uh but it's a countdown of the greatest moments in baseball history and most magical moments they're fun and 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 i uh it was it was such a fun thing to do such a fun thing to write and uh i gotta tell you i can't wait i cannot wait for people to see it that's awesome september 2023 is when that comes out so it's coming up here in just less than four months joe posnanski's why we love baseball also uh joe responsible for facing nolan we were talking about that did you watch i watched that that is outstanding Mm -hmm. uh documentary uh joe great stuff a baseball man giving us his perspective on what has taken place here with the cardinals in the early portion of 2023 thank you so much for your time this morning joe really enjoyed the conversation i did too thanks so much thank you that's joe posnanski with us here on balloon party all right we're going to carry the discussion over into the next segment your thoughts your mic drops are welcome 314-399-9646 air comfort service text line and the mic drop via the 101 espn app my name is tim mckernan that's action jackson this is balloon party driven by mongonass st louis acura and alton toyota All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you to the top of the hour. That's 20 minutes fresh off of a trip into the uh, Hubbard Radio St. Louis restroom in which I turned the corner and nearly ran into Kerry Davis. And what stands out from me is how he didn't even flinch. It was like that Kobe Bryant gif. Yeah, Matt Barnes tried to throw an inbounds pass, and Kobe, Mamba mentality, didn't flinch. And then I said, yeah, you've probably never run into a physical specimen like me in your right, life. And right. he just, he laughed uproariously, like a yeah. like a villain character in an animation film is what I, he did. I guess that's like his fight or fight response, kind of, is just yeah. to laugh. And I get that. I mean, that's right. funny of people's. Sure. I mean, if you've played in the NFL and won a Super Bowl, 
you haven't dealt with a physical specimen like me. Right. We Actually, that is an accurate statement. We build them differently on HD2. Thank you very much for saying it. Uh, do we have any mic drops carrying over from the Joe Posnanski interview in the weekend that was in Cardinal Baseball? Nobody's playing better than the Tigers. Uh, yeah, we actually do. You know, I'm anti-Liberty, but I will let this one through. Okay. I mean, not the best homestand you could have. Only winning one out of six. But we did game a, gain a game on that first place team, and we won our last game, so we're heading the right direction. Stop it! You are actually making me miss Little League, you idiot, Ali Marmal! You are mismanaging the team! Why the hell are you taking Mats out in the sixth inning after 90 pitches? Is his arm gonna fall off? I don't think so! And what the holy hell is going on in this world? Catchers are outfielders, or maybe they're not. I don't know what's going on. And what is Gersh doing? I don't know what he does. They showed him on TV the other day. Is he the general manager? Is Bowtie the general manager? Make up your damn mind. Start winning some games and put someone down on the field who can win. Tired of it. I had a feeling Steve didn't enjoy his weekend. And the way it started, I thought, oh. Right. It's such a like a red herring, you know, you think it's going to start. Yeah, it's so. a bait and switch. Right. It's a bait and switch. But they did pick up a game on the Pirates over yeah, the weekend. that can't be overstated. Yeah, so we can hold rights that way. Jackson, it is time for the Little Piddles weekend wrap-up. Do not apologize for it. Oh, no, well, we already talked about this. And then mumble to yourself and then force-feed the Suns uh, evening up the series. As much as I would love to talk about that, and maybe, uh, Matt, it should be a, maybe let go of the basketball. That's not yours, sir. You might own the building. You don't own the basketball. But, uh... I won't today. You know, I didn't want to, but today I won't. Um, are you concerned about the long-term relationship between the Cardinals and Wilson Contreras? Yes. If in, <laughs> if in early May they move him to perma-DH, or at least for the foreseeable future, and then go with a catcher who spurred the $87.5 million offseason addition, what does that say for their confidence in him for about half a decade? Well, it's a problem, is my euphemism, and that is why the Buster-only tweet uh, just – is is the one that I it's it's, it's gotten it really doesn't even have anything to do with 2023. It's about beyond. They are committed to him for basically five years. I mean, we're 35 games into his tenure. <laughs> right. It is difficult to overstate the impact of a shift of Contreras to a primary outfield slash DH role if that's where the Cardinals land. Prospects will be blocked. Big dollars will be tied up. Lineup flexibility will be sacrificed. I feel like it's Bill Murray and Ghostbusters in the mayor's office explaining what will happen if they release the ghosts. <laughs> so it is, uh, it's, it's, it's a damning moment. A damning moment. Now, if Contreras were a free agent after next year, or even three years, but you are in month one of a five-year deal, and you're doing this. And then I also would imagine that other teams will, as they would say, recruit against the Cardinals and go, hey, look what the last time the Cardinals spent a bunch of money for a player. They changed positions on him a month in. Right. That's what you're going to be dealing with there, assuming that the same people are in place. You know, I, I am, I'm so still startled by it. Like the Helsley thing last week, bringing him in the seventh inning, I'm like, uh, it's, it's an absolute panic move. Like Joe Posnanski said, this is a panic move and a CYA move. And people covering their own asses, for the right. record, those not familiar with the term. But I understood it. I, I, at least I could understand it. Let me put it that way. 
this. Wow. Wow. I guess you can't accuse the Cardinals of playing the contract anymore. No, no quite the opposite, in fact. But wow, what a moment. Yeah. What an absolute moment. What are the look on Jordan Montgomery's face when he was asked about staying in beyond his six innings when he was breezing along before they blew the lead with Jordan low-leverage Hicks coming in in a high-leverage situation? Uh like, yeah, I wanted to stay in. I mean, he hadn't even cracked the 90-pitch barrier. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's like they can't go through a third time. It's something else. And, and what about the scene when you go to the dugout and there is Contreras <laughs> sitting next to Marmol and, and Dusty Blake and their resume of success as they point out how to catch for a guy who caught a World Series winning team right. in 2016. I just this is has it like the cardinal the, the 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 thing that I would accuse the Cardinals of is not what I think they have gotten accused of, and I'm talking about before this all started. Whenever you would want to say this started, um, would not be about being cheap. I would actually say they have spent their money terribly. Ken Rosenthal's column would 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 show that. Uh, I would not say that they uh, don't develop minor league talent. They develop it. They just develop it for other franchises. Yep. See your RBI leaders in the American League with Adolis Garcia and Randy Arozarena, and see your home run leaders in the National League with Patrick Wisdom. Um, but they do spend money on Mike Leake, Brett Cecil, Dexter Fowler, and now Wilson Contreras. It's just done poorly. But what I would accuse them of is being tone deaf. That's the thing that I would accuse them of, tone deaf. But this, I, I'm floored. I'm like, how? And then on top of it, you have the manager saying one thing about the outfield. I'm going, the outfield, and you already have Alec Burleson out there defensively. And now what are you going to do with, Contreras is going to be like, Burleson's going to be in left, and Contreras is going to be in right. And we're just going to let whoever plays center essentially play all three positions while they fall around. Uh, so you have that. But I cannot, for the life of me, believe then the next day John Mozellick goes, no, no, right, <laughs> not playing outfield. He's DH. So it was like a meta play. I'm going to make my manager look badly by having him be the one to say the outfield thing, and then the next day I'll say, no, 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 no. He's DH, and, he, and the goal is we're going to get him back to catcher. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's, it's such, you know, we're both Missouri fans. Mm-hmm. This is so Missouri. That's what this is. Or this is Rams at the tail end yeah, when real. they were rel- Rachel yeah. Phelpsing it. It just hasn't been the Cardinals. You can complain about whatever you want with regards to the Cardinals, but you cannot argue with the fact that every year, minus 2007, since 2000, they have been in the mix for the postseason or in the postseason. It's just the way that it has been. But this... I'm stunned by the record, but now that's like fifth of the things that I'm surprised by. I mean, like the Zach Thompson thing counts. It just, it's like number six. So I don't know, man. I, I, I'll tell you this. I've never monitored Cardinals games and Cardinal postseason uh, or post, post-game post shows closer than I have this year. Definitely. Uh, yeah. At least Fire in the last five show. years. I mean, you just watch it and you go, what in the world? What's it going to be today? What's it going to be today? So uh, the Cardinals-Cubs, a perfect way for Wilson Contreras to return to play left field at Wrigley Field (laughs) with the wind tonight.
That would be so great <laughs> if they put them in the left. <laughs> oh my God. Bleacher bums. Welcome back. What are you doing out here? Well, I'm now a, an are outfielder. You, are you lost, Wilson? Yep. Uh, Jackson, what is next? Uh, my next question, kind of, we've talked about Contreras a lot, but I feel like uh, we, we can't not stop talking about Jordan Walker. Moving on to Jordan Walker, how do you think the Cardinals will manage him going forward? If he continues to struggle down in Memphis, do you think they'll keep him down in the minors for the foreseeable future? What do you think is the best plan going forward with him? And then also, why would they consider using Contreras in the outfield when they sent Walker down to clear up said log jam? Well, as you heard, that is no longer the plan, apparently. Right. But yes, you're exa- that was one of the many things that stood out to me when that news came out on Saturday morning that uh, that that Wilson Contreras was going to the outfield. I'm going, but I thought there was a log jam. Right. But there is a domino effect that it does create a log jam, that if, if he now is the DH, well, then that means Nolan Gorman yeah. isn't the DH. Right. So then in order to get Nolan Gorman's bat in the lineup, if Contreras is the DH, then that means that Gorman now has to play in the field. Well, you already have Donovan, Edmund, and DeYoung there. And again, these are, by definition, players, but this isn't what you usually think of like with a log jam. Right. When you're talking about, man, the Cardinals have this absurd outfield of, you know, I'll go back to one of my favorite teams, Willie McGee, Vince Coleman, and Andy Van Slyke. You know, how are we going to get Lindemann's bat in there? He's supposed to be the second coming. This is a logjam of guys who aren't necessarily doing a whole lot at the moment. Newt Bar is. Right. Newt Bar is getting it going. Uh, Edmund has had some pop, but, you know, Gorman has been the DH, and that has suited him. And keep in mind, also, he's dealing with a back issue, so now you're going to put him in the field as well. For the record, regarding Jordan Walker, he was 0-for-1 yesterday, and he is hitting 182 two weeks into his Memphis stint. All right, we need to take a break. I, I just looked, and I go, oh my God, it's 10:51. We need to take a break, and I don't even know what we'll have left, but that's just what happens. I go off on tangents, and that's just the nature of the program. It's called Balloon Party. Driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and I'll tell you it on 120 speed. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon party driven by Mungan at St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota, 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Joe Posnanski, our guest. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, he was blunt. And he was critical, but he wasn't, like, screaming. I like a Dan Orlowski to just say stuff. <laughs> but uh, I would recommend going back to listen to that on the Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's podcast. We had Steve and Wildwood, Chairman Steve, to you. Uh, we started off very calm and then just lost it. Jackson, uh, what do we have here on this little Piddles weekend wrap-up? Because we only have so much time. Yeah, I guess I, my question that confused me so much, and we've kind of addressed it, but is... You know, Marmol comes out Saturday mid-morning and saying Contreras will DH and play outfield, and the world was lit on fire at that point. Confusion erupted. And then the next day, Mosella comes out saying, well, no, no, he won't play outfield. What do you imagine, like, the background of that is? Like, why why would Marmol say one thing and Mosella say another? It's just so odd to me. that uh, The whole thing is obviously odd, but that part really surprises me that you know, because you would think that would be a conversation that those two would have. I thought it was noteworthy. And this is kind of the way my mind works on things. I feel like House of Cards, if you watched that program, I don't really count the final season. Like, I don't count the A's as a major league franchise. Uh, Opened people's eyes to how conniving the world of business or politics or sports business can be. um, That Ali Marmol says what he says to the St. Louis media. 
John Mazalek says what he says to a combination of Katie Wu, mm-hmm. regular here on 101 ESPN with BK and Ferrario, but also Ken Rosenthal. And the reason I say that is because my belief, and that was an exclusive, okay? Yep. And this is how I think, because I, I truly do hold true to the belief that if you are of the opinion that things have taken a major step backwards over the last five years, 10 years, 20 years, 25 years, I actually would put the number one culprit, the media. I really would. And I recognize I am a part of it. So this is a self-loathing opinion, but it's an observation of honesty nonetheless, that the manipulation was he spoke to this audience and this audience, I'm making a small circle here inside the 101 ESPN studios by reaching St. Louis. I shall reach all of the baseball world with perhaps the most credible baseball writer, or certainly one of, by going to Ken Rosenthal, who then wrote a big column today. Uh, and certainly Ken Rosenthal's column was not complimentary of John Mazalek. I should be, I should be uh, straightforward with you that for those of you who have read it. But my point being, he wanted to come over the top, and he didn't gather, you know, the, the local guys around. He gathered Ken Rosenthal in the athletic and Katie Wu around. And that, that to me is an important distinction. And maybe I'm overvaluing that, but that is how I think. So when I say that, I view it as a power play. That's what I view it as. And while it looked like Contreras was getting thrown under the bus, um, I felt like the, no, no, he's going to be DH. Uh, you could make a case that that was more mall getting thrown under the bus. As Joe Posnanski said earlier on the show, at this point, when the ship is going down, people are holding on to protect their wealth. Your thoughts are welcome throughout the course of the day. It will be the topic here on 101 ESPN, BK and Ferrari are up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungan at St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.